Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, Happy New Year. I hope you had a nice holiday. It's 2023, so here we go. Um, I just want to make a few announcements before we start today. Number one, um, there have been these scams on YouTube, so just be aware of them. I, I made a short video about this, but if someone replies to your comment on a YouTube video and it looks suspicious, it probably is. If they're asking for you to you know, go to a link and win a prize or whatever, it's a scam. So please help us out as a community. Just help us kind of police this in, on, in the YouTube comments. You can just look at the three dots next to the comment, the reply to your comment, that the, the suspicious comment, and just click on the three dots and report it to YouTube. That would be very, very helpful because it's hard for me to go through all of it and keep up with it and make sure that scammers aren't trying to scam people. Um, so just be aware if it says, you know, uh, click on this thing and, you know, go to WhatsApp or go to Telegram, you know, these weird apps like and we'll give you uh, prizes or we'll send you an iPhone. <laughs> It's a scam. Please do not fall for scams. Please report them. That would be very helpful. But first, a word from our sponsor. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Uh, and also before I get into today's show, I just want to, um, first of all, thank you guys. Thank all of you for subscribing. Thank you for watching the show. Um, it's been such a, an amazing kind of, uh, thing for me to do this show and, and I really appreciate you guys. And, um, and I just want to say, because today I'm going to talk about the Respect for Marriage Act that was signed into law a few weeks ago. And first of all, I just want to say that because this show is mainly for believers, for Christians, uh, because non-believers aren't really going to understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. But 
I, I just, and then I'm, I'm going to get into what my life was like before I was a believer when it came to gay marriage, um, a very specific story, but I just want to just say that again, that this show is generally for believers. It's because I, my, the re- whole reason I started the show was to help edify the church, help Christians, especially around this, these issues, the LGBTQ issues, help Christians understand the, the lies of the culture. And uh, because I believe those lies, I lived in those lies. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many, many years. And so, uh, until God redeemed me 13 years ago, praise God. So, uh, anyway, I just want to make that clear before I get into this subject, cause it's, it's a difficult subject and, uh, and I have, you know, I have strong views on this issue and I want to look at two articles, one from the New York times that announces the passage of, of this, uh, legislation and the, the, how it got signed into law by, by the president. I want to look at that article, but then I want to take a look at this article from the gospel coalition by Joe Carter that gives a solution to quote unquote gay marriage. And it's a very interesting article and I want to talk about it. I'm not sure where I land on this, on his opinion on it, but we'll get into that because it's a, it's kind of a, a genius idea. <laughs> but again, I'm not sure where I am on that yet. But so let's look at the this first article. The title of the New York Times article is Biden signs bill to protect same-sex marriage rights. Before I by, before I get into this article actually, I'm going to tell you a story. So when I was uh in my 20s living in West Hollywood, I started dating, I met an Italian guy who was visiting Los Angeles and studying uh, English at UCLA. And we ended up getting into a relationship, a two-year relationship. He lived in Rome. I lived here, obviously. And it was a very intense, very dramatic relationship because it was so long distance. It was, (laughs) he was in Rome. I was here. And so he ended up coming to L.A. to live for a while. He lived here for almost, I think, a year in Hancock Park, and which is just very close to me, a couple of miles away. And um, and but it was a very intense, dramatic relationship because and one of the factors was we couldn't be together in a kind of a long term way because we could never get married as two men. So. Uh, I actually, and it was, it was very traumatic because, and then I went to Rome for a while and, and was there to be with him, but it just, it just, we, we kind of realized, or I realized that there was really no future in this because he couldn't come here and live for the rest of his life because he couldn't get a visa or, or whatever. And I couldn't really live in Rome. And so the marriage thing was a big deal for me. And I actually ended up writing Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, a letter and telling him my story. And I, you know, I I expressed my frustration at the fact that, you know, I couldn't get married to the person I loved. And 
uh, it was funny because I, a few weeks later, I received a letter back from the White House and it was signed by Bill Clinton. I don't know if he, he probably didn't write it, but um, at the time, Bill Clinton was, um, you know, he signed the, the, the law, the Defense of Marriage Act into law. So he, defi- he dis- the Defense of Marriage Act protected the idea that marriage is between one man and one woman. And so at the time, it was not politically uh, expedient or politically uh, wise, really, to be pro-gay marriage. So he wrote this letter back, and I'm, I'm such, I'm so, I can't believe I threw this letter away. I actually threw it away only a couple months ago because I was cleaning out my filing cabinet. <laughs> and I threw the letter. I wish I could show you this letter and read it to you, but I, I don't have it anymore, but the letter was super vague, super ambiguous. And it was basically like, I understand, you know, your problems. I understand your frustrations. Um, but you know, things are changing and we'll see what happens. You know, it was kind of like maybe, you know, in the future something will change, but right now, no. And so Anyway, so I just want you to to know that, that I was 1,000% in favor of gay marriage when I was living that life until I got saved 13 years ago and God renewed my mind and I was regenerated. And then I understood that not only was gay marriage not legitimate, but but homosexual behavior was a sin. So... um. So my whole view, my whole worldview changed and my whole view on this issue changed dramatically, instantly, overnight, it changed. And so let's look at this article from the New York Times. Um, It says that in in an elaborate signing ceremony on the South Lawn, um, President Biden signed the Respect for Marriage Act into law. And there were musical performances by Cindy Lauper and Sam Smith. What a surprise. And um, and by the way, the, the idea, the, they called it the Respect for Marriage Act, which, of course, is Orwellian doublespeak <laughs> because it's not it's not a respect for marriage. It's actually it's erasing marriage. It's erasing the meaning of marriage and it's actually a disrespect for marriage. So, of course, in our postmodern world, everything is called the opposite of what it is. So uh, that's just uh, another Orwellian issue that we're dealing with in 2023. We'll be right back after this short break. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It goes on to say, this article says, the landmark legislation passed by a bipartisan coalition in Congress officially erases the Defense of Marriage Act which a quarter of a century ago formally defined marriage as between a man and a woman. Again, Bill Clinton signed this act into law. The law prohibits states from denying the validity of -of out-of-state marriages based on sex, race, or ethnicity. Um, So the question I have is, so this, the Defense of Marriage Act was, was 25 years ago. So what has happened in the last 25 years? I always say this. What has changed? Has mar- has the definition of marriage changed? Has the word of God changed? No, culture has changed. And we are being defined by culture. Or even Christians are being shaped by culture. I always say this. And so 25 years of TV shows, movies of, you know, whatever, nine, 10 seasons or whatever it was of Will and Grace of, of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy of all these shows have shaped not only politicians worldviews, but also Christian worldviews and just uh, the general population's worldview. So we have to understand that if we're not if we're not shaped by this, by the word of God, by the Bible, then we're shaped by the world. I, I just, I constantly say this and, and it's true. So we have to be aware of why, why did this, you know, because in, it says in this article, Mr. Biden, who voted for the Defense of Marriage Act as a senator in 1996 and wavered on letting gay men and lesbians serve in the military the signing of this the signing ceremony was an indication of how much the president has changed when it comes to championing lgbtq equality so again in 1996 joe biden was opposed to gay marriage he was opposed to gay men and lesbians serving in the military but what's changed and again it's the culture and the culture is shaped everything. And it goes on to say that in many ways, Joe Biden's arc on this subject is the country's arc. So again, it's not just Joe Biden, it's the whole country has, has become, and there's some, there's some uh, stats about this, which I'll get to in a minute, but, uh, and it says, Mr. Biden, 80, 80 years old was raised in a time (laughs) When much of the country was less tolerant of people's sexual orientations. And I would say that's kind of not accurate. It's, it's, it's less tolerant of people's sexual activity is really what it is. But, um, and then it goes on to say, Mr. Biden also now firmly supports the rights of women to choose to have an abortion, despite having had reservations earlier in his career, a practicing Catholic, the president 
was once an outright critic of abortion rights, but later became a quiet, if uncomfortable, defender of them in the Senate. So again, the the culture has shifted. It's changed. It's it's been shaped by media, by by TV, movies, by books, by you know, it's by the academy. Uh, so there's been such a trans transformation of the culture over the last 25 years, over the last 50 years, 60 years. And, and it says here, the polls, polls show a sea change in public opinion about the political spectrum in the past, across the political spectrum in the past decade, with nearly 70% of Americans now saying they support the right of same-sex couples to be married. So that's a big shift. And I'll get to, uh, it talks about people in church and people at Christians in churches and how, what the percentages are in terms of in people in favor of same-sex marriage. The article goes on to say, Republicans and Democrats can work together to secure the fundamental right of Americans to marry the person they love. This is a quote from the president. It's like, well, does that mean a man can marry a nine-year-old girl if he loves her? So, I mean, it's, I, it's not far from going to this, to this place in our culture, but, um, now it's interesting the push to, to even pass this law, because obviously the Supreme court decision of 20, the Obergefell decision of 2015 legalized gay marriage in the country. But what made Congress want to pass a law was make legislation about this was because justice Clarence Thomas raised the possibility after Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, Clarence justice Thomas raised the possibility of using the same logic to reconsider decisions, protect protecting marriage equality. So that's what really triggered this whole thing is the conservative justice Clarence Thomas was saying, well, maybe we should go back to the books, back to the drawing board and look at, uh, gay marriage. And so, so Congress acted immediately. And then uh, it says, the article says opponents of this legislation argued that it would undermine family values in the United States and restrict the religious freedoms of people who do not believe that same sex marriage is moral. And this is, this is where it's going to get kind of super dicey for the church, for, for universities, Christian universities. Um, I just, I think there's going to be just more and more lawsuits, not just on cake bakers and florists, but on churches, churches who won't perform same sex weddings and universities who, so there it's, it's going to, it's going to be become increasingly uh, difficult. The church is going to be more and more persecuted in this country because of this, this new law. And of course, Jesus said, I mean, nothing's going to, Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we don't have to worry about that. (laughs) The church is not going anywhere, but it's, it's, it's going to be persecuted. And, um, and I, I said that I've said this before, I think, and within 10 years, I think a majority of evangelical churches in America will be gay affirming. 
Um, now we can look at that in 10 years and see if I was right, but that's my prediction. So first, I just want to look at what is marriage? What What is the definition of marriage? And if you just go to the beginning of Genesis, um, God created marriage. God instituted marriage. You know, God, God said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And of course, Jesus reiterates this in, in the Gospels when uh, he's approached by the Pharisees and they, they try to trip him up with the divorce question. Jesus says, Jesus says, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So God created marriage. Marriage is pre-political. And so the, the institution of marriage is a covenant between one man, one woman for life. And that's how it's been for millennia, millennia, millennia. So a lot of people ask, you know, kind of, I, I, th I think I saw this on Joe Rogan. He asked um, his guest, well, what does it harm people? What, why is it, what does it matter to you if gay marriage is legal? Well, how, where's the harm in that? And it, it may seem innocuous that two men get married or two women get married, Um but it's actually not because what it does is it tears at the fabric of marriage of what marriage actually is. And when you tear at that fabric, it tears at the fabric of the family. And I've, I've talked about this so many times and it, and it leads to the breakdown of the family. And when that happens, it leads to the breakdown of society, which we see all around us. I live in LA it's crazy here. I mean, it's it, the streets are insane right now. Um, and there's so much drug addiction and psychosis. There's so many homeless people on the street in LA that who are addicted or they're psychotic. They're in a psychotic state because of drug addiction. And of course we need to care for them and love them, but it's this, that's just one of the, that's one of the bad fruit of of the destruction of marriage the assault on marriage and the assault on the family and there's also mental illness and there's um all all manner of societal ills that result result from from the attack on the family the destruction of the family the destruction of marriage redefining marriage um which is impossible to do and also, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to let the heterosexual people off the hook because no fault divorce, which was actually first legalized in California in 1969, it was signed into law here uh, by none other than Ronald Reagan. So no fault divorce had a major impact on, on the divorce rate, on marriage, on the family and and then, of course, that spread all across the country and in the Western world. And um, so that that has contributed to it. But the, the differences in there are 
exceptions in the Bible to for for divorce. There are exceptions to to marriage um, in the Bible, but there are no exceptions. There are zero exceptions for gay marriage. There's no positive support for gay marriage in the Bible. So that's the difference. Divorce between a man and a woman, there are exceptions. But again, homosexual activity is, um, it's a serious thing in the Bible. I mean, in the Old Testament, homosexual behavior was a capital crime. I mean, that's how serious it was and still is. And in the New Testament, I mean, I'll just read again. I'll read 1 Corinthians 6. Paul says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So it's very serious. I mean, this we're talking about eternity here. And and you might ask, well, what about you know, thieves and drunkards and greedy and revilers? Yes. And I always say this, there's there are no greed pride parades, but there are gay pride parades. So the the the, the issue with homosexual activity is that it's become an identity and it's become such a powerful identity in culture. And so if you believe that homosexual behavior is righteous and good and even sacred in marriage, then you'll never repent of it. With these other sins that Paul lists in here, sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, um, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, obviously, if you're a Christian and you're doing these things, if you're involved in these kind of sins, you're going to repent of them, theoretically. And so, because you know, we, we, we still believe that these things are wrong. But if you don't believe that homosexual behavior is wrong, you won't repent of it, which is a big, big problem. So, and the, the, the family unit, the, the mar- a marriage between one man and one woman is the healthiest dynamic for children to be raised in, obviously. Um, so that's, that's another thing. It's the, it's the healthiest way for children to be raised with one father. I mean, that's, I was raised with one father and one mother and they were married for their, (laughs) until they died. And my parents are happily in heaven right now. And I wish I could be there with them right now. And so again, it's people often say, well, what, you know, what's, what's the big deal? Why can't gays get married? And, and that's why that's because it, it's an assault on true marriage and it, it leads to so much destruction. I always say this, you know, whenever we go outside of God's will, it leads to pain, error, and destruction always. Like when I was living that the life of a gay man, I mean, I, I had so many friends who I, who died of AIDS, uh, in the nineties. And, um, I had, you know, all kinds of, I had female friends who were traumatized by having multiple partners and, um, you know, being emotionally scarred from that. Um, and, and, and I've, I know families who, you know, I'm friends with 
my I have friends who are divorced and their children are suffering from it because of that. And so, um, it's, I just, yeah, I just see the, again, if we, if we go outside of God's will, it just is not good. It's no bueno. And I, now I want to turn to this article by, um, Joe Carter in the gospel coalition, because it's interesting, um, what he he what he does to give a solution to the the problem of of gay quote unquote gay marriage, and so he in this article he says he he's 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 quoting someone and he says that the definition of marriage is a lifelong covenant between a man and a woman sealed before God and breakable only on the limited conditions God has outlined in His Word, and then he goes on to say. One of the last remaining groups to hold the line are Americans who report they attend church weekly. But even in that group, 40% of Christians are in favor of such mar- of gay marriage, and only 58% are opposed. So, again, this is why I do this show. Even in the church, 40% of churchgoers are in favor of gay marriage, which says a lot about what, how powerful the culture is. And he says, and then he, he gives this example of, um, Abraham Lincoln, a quote from Abraham Lincoln, but he's, but first he says the essential problem, as many people have consistently pointed out is that there is not, and can never be such a thing as same sex marriage. This is true even for civil marriage. And then he, he gives this example of Abraham Lincoln, he used to, as he says, as Abraham Lincoln was fond of asking, quote, if you call a dog's tail a leg, how many legs does a dog have? Five, his audience would answer invariably. No, he'd politely respond. The correct answer is four. Calling a tail a leg does not make it a leg. So calling gay marriage, marriage does not make it marriage is what basically what he, Joe Carter is saying. And he says, like Lincoln's, like Lincoln's associates, many of our fellow citizens, including many Christians, appear to fall for the notion that changing a definition causes a change in essence. The attempt to change the definition of marriage to include same-sex unions is a prime example. Simply calling such relationships same-sex marriages, quote-unquote, many believe will make them marriages. Such reasoning, however, is as flawed as thinking that changing that changing tail to leg changes the function of the appendage. So that I totally agree with that. So just, just again, just because we call it marriage does not mean it's marriage. And he says by, in other words, by redefining the term tail, we do not, we have not made it equivalent in form or function to a leg. We've merely stripped the term leg of its previous meaning and made it, as generic a term as, quote, appendage. So again, in postmodernism, in this postmodern world, we can call anything, anything. (laughs) And then we have to just accept it and believe it. We have to, basically, we have to just believe lies in postmodernism. And uh, and I just, I'm not having it. Because I believe, again, I... I, this is why I do this show because I believe the lies of the culture 
my entire life. I lived the lies. I believed them wholeheartedly. So I understand. And, and that's why, like Joni Mitchell, I've looked at life from both sides now. <laughs> and I see so clearly now. That's another side. I can see clearly now. But I see so clearly now because of my road to Damascus transformation, meeting Jesus, being born again, being renewed. And so it's so clear to me. Um, and he goes on to say the same is true with the attempts to redefine marriage because marriage requires the specific form of a union of man and woman. And he quotes Genesis two twenty four. Applying the term to same-sex unions alters the very concept of what marriage is and what, what functions it takes. And then this is a, a interesting thing. He says, changing the definition of marriage to include same-sex unions doesn't make it more inclusive, but rather more exclusive since it requires excluding all the functions previously believed to be essential to the institution of marriage. For example, permanence, fidelity, and sexual complementarity. So sexual complementarity means the complement between one man and one woman. So he's saying it's more exclusive because we're excluding all the functions that we used to believe that are essential to marriage. We're excluding those functions. So it doesn't make marriage, gay marriage doesn't make marriage more inclusive. It actually makes it more exclusive. And then he says... But doesn't that fall back on a religious argument? Can't governments determine the standard for civil marriages? No, they cannot, because marriage is both a pre-political, like I said, and pre-religious institution that was inst instituted by God before any formal government or religious institutions were created. So again, marriage is pre-political and pre-religious. God created it. The very beginning. <laughs> In the very beginning. And he says, neither the state nor the church has the authority to change the essential nature of marriage, the essence of marriage, since the institution was neither created nor by nor belongs to either the church or the state. He gives this example of the U.S. He says the U.S. government, for example, can decide to recognize the state of Israel, but it cannot redefine the country in a way that con contracts or expands its borders. The U.S either recognizes Israel as it defines itself or it re rejects its legitimacy altogether. In other words, we can only, as human beings, we can only recognize marriage. We can't redefine it. We, we can only recognize what it is. And that's what human beings have been doing for millennia, is recognizing what marriage is. And he says, changing the civil definition of marriage to include homosexual unions is yet another attempt to redefine reality. And reality always gets the final word. <laughs> so again, in postmodernism, reality is not a real thing. There's no objective reality. It's everything is subjective. So we can just say whatever. We can just call a cat a dog. We can call a man a woman. I mean, it, there's no... It's everything subjective, but, um, but same, same sex marriage or gay marriage is redefining reality in an, an objective sense, which doesn't work. It always, it always backfires. Um, so 
And then he gives the, this is the solution he comes up with for gay marriage, which is very interesting. And he uses the story of Ruth in the Bible. Remember Ruth was a Moabite Ruth, uh, her Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, there was a famine in Israel or in Judah and Naomi went to uh, Moab, Moab and she ended up getting married, but then her husband died. So Naomi becomes a widow and Ruth marries one of Naomi's sons, but then her husband dies. She becomes a widow. So both Ruth and Naomi are widows, right? And then they, then Ruth goes back to Israel with, to Bethlehem actually with Naomi. And he gives us an example of Ruth and Naomi. And he, he, he talks about civil unions, but instead of them being sexualized, desexualizing civil unions. So the idea is that Ruth and Naomi could, could basically have a civil union so they could, they could enjoy the benefits of, of, you know, all the different benefits of being married, uh, in terms of medical, medical decision-making powers of attorney, um, what happens to your will and your property when you die. So he's saying, why don't we just desexualize civil union, quote unquote, civil unions altogether, desexualize them so that, so that homosexuals can get married and, but also, you know, an uncle and his, his nephew or his, uh, an uncle and his niece can have a civil union so that the niece can, can take care of the uncle and be, have the power of attorney, have medical decision-making or friends. Like if I have a close friend who I could have a civil union with that, you know, because I'm single. And so if I'm, you know, on my deathbed and I need someone to make all these decisions and to have power of attorney, I have the, and, and someone that's able to visit me in the hospital, then this civil union would allow that. Um, he says that desexualizing civil unions would alleviate the concerns of Christians who, who are afraid that supporting gay civil unions it would be supporting immorality. So this is an interesting concept. Um, basically just allowing desexualizing civil unions and, and allowing anyone to enter into a civil union, um, for, for, for different benefits and different purposes. And he says that desexualized civil unions wouldn't be a threat to religious liberty, which is really important in the same way same sex marriages are and will indefinitely continue to be. But even more importantly, it, it would preserve the government's purpose of recognizing arrangements that bring stability to our society without endorsing immoral sexual behavior. So this, this desexualized civil union would, recogni would recognize that marriage between one man and one woman brings stability to our society. By the way, uh, Cicero, who was the the Roman scholar, philosopher, writer, uh, brilliant, brilliant man uh, in the first century, the first century, a BC and AD, he kind of crossed over. The, uh, but he says, Cicero says, the first bond of society is marriage. And that's true. 
there you can't have a society without marriage and without the mandate to be fruitful and multiply. There is no society. So society rests on marriage and that's why marriage is so, so important. And so it's so necessary to protect it. So that's an interesting idea. I mean, I don't know if it would ever be able to, it's possible to, to work anymore because we crossed the Rubicon. Uh, gay marriage seems to be set in stone now. I, I don't see it this reversing course we've just gone too far in culture and in legislation so i i don't see that as a possibility this these kind of desexualized same-sex unions or these desexualized civil unions actually um i don't see that as a, a possibility anymore but it's uh you know it's a it's a crazy time to be living in. And I'm, I, what I would, the only thing I'll, I'll end on this is that, you know, I, of course, lived in that life. And, but I had so many people praying for me. I had all my family members and um, my sister-in-law, as you know, and my sister-in-laws, all of my family members were praying for me. And so I would just urge all of you guys to, pray for people lost in the LGBTQ ideology and lost in that world and living that life and people who are, um, people who are in gay marriages because it's, it's, we're there's people have ordered their lives now around gay marriage. I mean, there's, there's so many gay couples that are married and they have families, they have kids. And, and so, it's it's a very difficult thing to untangle at this point in culture. But I would just pray for people, pray for this issue, because people prayed for me, and God changed my life. <laughs> he changed my affections. <laughs> so I hope that helped. And uh, and yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens with all this. But God God bless you guys, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.